and welcome to That's Debatable, the weekly news podcast of the Free Speech Union. We like to take a step back and look at the deeper currents underneath the surface froth of the free speech wars. And today we're going to be speaking about the idea of low liberalism, which is fueling an online arms race which disfigures liberal democracy. And it's been defined by the man who coined it as a non-elite version of liberalism, which combines traditional liberalism with authoritarianism and social justice ideology and brings activism to historically neutral institutions. We're delighted to be joined by Dr. Thomas Prosser, reader in European social policy at Cardiff University, to talk about his coinage, lower liberalism and what it means. Hi, Hi Thomas. Great to have you. Um, Thomas, I, I, I wanted to start by asking a really simple question. Um, and that's about getting our terminology right and making sure that we're all we're all not talking cross purposes. And that's really understanding the the word liberalism, mm. because I think as Ben referenced there, there's classical liberalism, there's liberalism where people think, oh, that's kind of now a left wing thing. So it's it's thought of both as a right wing thing as a as a left wing thing. How do you think of liberalism, Thomas? And 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 then how does that feed into your definition of low liberalism or your your idea of low liberalism? Yeah, of course. Um, liberalism is, is a very diverse concept and it means many different things to many people. So it's really important to be uh, clear with, with definitions. Um, of, of course, uh, you, you have classical liberals. Uh, many, many people on, on, on the centre-right describe themselves as as classical liberals, but, but often that uh, involves uh, an, an economic definition, uh, believe in free markets, uh, as associated with the uh, 19th century Manchester liberals. I, th- I think for the uh, purposes of this discussion, we will just concentrate on cultural liberalism. Uh, so, so putting e- economics to one side for, for the moment, that, that's easier. Um, I, I would define, uh, let's call traditional liberalism, as um, belief in freedom and autonomy. Um, throughout uh, the, 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 sort of the history of liberalism, going back to uh, thinkers like Locke in the 17th century, there's been a preoccupation um, with individual rights, and on the one hand, you you have um, freedom, uh, so, so so freedom from the state, um, freedom of con- freedom of conscience, uh, freedom of speech, and freedom of assembly, uh, and that, that that preoccupation has carried on um, through up, up until the the twentieth century, and well, arguably into the twenty first century. Um, but there's another element of of traditional liberalism, I'd say, uh, which is belief in autonomy, um, which you you see in the writings of people like uh, Mills and Rawls, where where they're um, preoccupied with. Um, the, the individual um, is, is, is sort of making making the most of, the, of them themselves and having um, and, and being able to express themselves. Um, and I, I think what what's interesting is that I, I would say uh, over the last few decades that the two parts of liberalism have been in some form of tension, which is very interesting. But because on the one hand. Um, uh, liberals uh, 
traditionally bros have have continued um to to favor uh autonomy particularly the autonomy of minorities so they've been concerned with defending um lgbt rights um and 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 the the the, the rights of immigrants there's been a concern with the, the the rights of individuals um but the very interesting thing i think is that um, the, the the freedom element of liberalism has come into tension with the the, the autonomy element. Um, mainly, I, I think, be because liberals form majorities in in contemporary societies. You you have developments such as the the, the expansion of higher education, the, the rise of post material politics, where majorities have got secure living standards, and and contrary to um, to historic times, um, liberals form the majority, um, and in, in in conditions where certain groups form majorities, uh, there is an increasing ability or in, increasing inclination to force uh, their 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 position. Uh, on minorities, um, and, and, and you know that, that given that freedom of speech is historically a concern of minorities, um, you, you, you can see how the two parts of liberalism come into some tension. So there's been this this tension, this conflict, and out of the mutations of liberalism and out of those tensions, there has emerged this concept that you've described in your Substack article um, about a month ago of low liberalism. Um, and so what is low liberalism as compared to liberalism? Yeah, I, I think there's also something slightly different going on here where um, also historically um, liberalism was, was an elite ideology. Um, historically, um, ideologies are, are held by elites, uh, all, all political ideologies. There's a very, very famous uh, stream of literature and political science um, that, that studied the attitudes of voters in the mid-20th century and, and found that, that um, the, the attitudes of non-elite voters or non-ordinary voters were very unstructured. There, you know, people might um, believe in uh, for example, the, the death penalty and um, open borders, really, really quite curious mixes um, that, that didn't really reflect any underlying logic. Um, and, 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 and of course, there was, there was always, always loyalty to certain parties and uh, it, it wasn't the case with all voters. Uh, but, but, but what you've seen uh, over the last few decades, and there's an increasing research uh, which, which shows this, is that um, increasingly voters, ordinary voters, not elites, non-elites, uh, think ideologically. They, they put uh, different concepts together. They, they appreciate that, um, that that opposition to the death penalty might go with um, yeah, belief in, in, in abortion rights or uh, belief in open, open border. They're sort of more of a coherence. Now, now of course, um, that, that doesn't mean that, that everyone is is thinking um, like, like elite liberals, like like Rawls or Mill. Um, it, it it what what you have is that um, among um, non elite liberals, you you have quite a curious alloy of the the, the various elements of of liberalism. 
Um, so uh, I, I, I don't want to go into naming too many people, but, but I can't resist saying uh, someone like Gary Lineker, um, who has just got... Uh, there are lots of... of 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 people liberals like him and you know that that that's perhaps that's not the best example but because obviously Gary Lineker is an elite um he's he's part of 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 an elite but he's certainly representative of a body of of liberal opinion uh, that, that that puts together quite curious concepts so you you know with with what I call low liberalism you you have this combination of traditional liberal concerns with advocacy, for example, of um, of, of of immigration, of of the, of the right LGBT rights uh, advocacy, of, of of abortion, but you also have um, a very curious mix with with other ideologies. Uh, you have um, elements. Of um, of authoritarian ideology, for example, uh, you, you know, if, if you follow, for for example, um, Femi on Twitter, um, who, who's quite a good example of this line of thinking, where he advocates um, jailing uh, Boris Johnson simply because he lied about Brexit. You know that that's um, uh, that there's really a very extreme tension with, with traditional liberalism there, but you get. Um, people who, who use the, the FBPP hashtag on Twitter, follow back pro-European, uh, might believe this kind of thing as well, where, where you might favour the, the jailing of Boris Johnson for, for Brexit lies, or you, you, you might favour um, quite draconian actions against MPs, you, you know, like not, not paying them, which is traditionally a, uh, a, a, a conservative demand. Um, and, and you also have um, th- this quite uh, curious uh, sort of of, of uh, merging of, of social justice positions. Um, we we know that in the last few years, um, social justice ideology has has um, has emerged, uh, and and part of that ideology, I, I think, uh, re- really. Are, are are in some some conflict with traditional liberalism. You, you know, there, there's an identification on uh, self-identification. Uh, there is an emphasis on lived experience uh, with, with things like historical memory um, or, or the attitude toward public memorials. You, you know, it, I, I, for example, the the position that that one can. Uh, pull statues down uh, of of slave traders uh, without permission from authorities. I I, I think it it's just flatly contradicts traditional liberalism. Um, or you you have in freedom of speech you 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 have the the rise of cancel culture, which we'll talk about later. Which um, low liberals um, might advocate. So, so I I would say that the, the, the low liberalism it it's an ideology mainly held by non-elites um, that, that sort of merges um, elements of traditional liberalism, um, elements of authoritarianism, elements of social justice ideology. Um, and, and of course, it, it also reflects um, the, these developments that, the, 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 that I was talking about. Um, it 
it you know it, it reflects uh, the, the the majority status of, of of liberal values in contemporary societies where where you have um, you and it means that that low liberals um, tend to to do you know be be in favour of public activism, but because they're majorities, they're increasingly in favour of the state um, sponsoring and advocating their positions. Um, they're increasingly in favour of of opponents being penalised. Um, so, so yes, it it um, it, it reflects a, a number of currents, but 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 I think it, the the best description of it is is local liberalism. But because what you have is quite a curious ideology that that's very different from uh, the the traditional liberalism of you know um, or sort of drawing room liberalism or or the, or the liberalism of of seminar rooms or, or whatever. So we have ordinary people, ordinary voters, taking uh, cues from elite progressive opinion formers, what Matt Goodwin is calling the new elite. Um, we have this blend of social justice and authoritarianism. It, it's, it, it's a sort of offshoot of liberalism, but is also quite illiberal. It's more interested in the rights of groups and in individuals, and, and it's different in various other ways, but it, but it nonetheless emerges from and in reaction against the liberal tradition. Is what you're describing woke is the is this another definition for woke or is it um is it is it sort of overlapping does it feed into that uh there's certainly an, an overlap i'm not sure that that's the best term but because i i think i i prefer uh the the term um social justice ideology to to, to, to wokeism i i think that uh so it sort of describes it better and i and i think with um low liberalism i i, I think it 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 really deal it it sort of draws on um a, a more diverse range of traditions so so i i think that's a better term really um because it it's certainly coming um it it sort of emerged from um traditional liberalism i i would say i i think crucially as well um you we we have to recognize that um this so, so, sort of low, low liberal position has um, emerged in parties that, that, that were traditionally liberal. Um, that, that's a, a key difference with neoliberalism, for example. Um, there, there were lots of neoliberals who, who said, um, well, well, actually, yes, we're, we're just liberals. That, 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 that was a... That 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 has been a claim, but but it was it was conservative parties primarily who who sponsored and sponsored neoliberalism. So so, so I, I think that um, so, so sort of adds um, credibility to, to 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 the claim that that liberalism is is, is a form of li- of liberalism, but whereas you know neoliberalism is a, is a different thing. I think one one thing you talk about, Thomas, is that is that low liberalism. Uh, doesn't recognise the limits of politics, which I found interesting because um, yeah, that that very much seems to be a modern phenomenon that that politics has sort of seeped out into every part of of cultural life, and and uh, you know you, you have that you really have extreme goodies and extreme baddies now, and and these are the sort of uh, ways that political debates have gone out into everything in our society. What do you think? about that relationship between politics and low liberalism and the fact that people are are not recognizing the limits of politics what should the limits of politics be 
Yeah, good, good question. That that's an unrelated concern uh, with with the limit of politics. Yeah, that that that, that really uh, troubles me. Sort of the, the, the recent trends, um, and it, it it related to to, to the trend of, of people thinking ideologically. That that, that means that conflict is, is extended to places where um, traditionally political conflict didn't exist. You, you know, we, for example, I, I don't know if you watched the World Cup final. Um, I did watch the match, but I don't think I watched it on ITV. I, I don't remember. I didn't catch um, the, the infamous comments uh, by, by Gary Neville where he criticised the mm. Conservative government on, on, at half-time. And um, I, I, I would say that's inappropriate uh, because um, liberal democracies uh, need spears that aren't political. Um, it, it, you know, I've got strong links with Poland. Um, my my wife is Polish, and and, and I live there. Uh, and and you, you, there's scepticism of of this um, in in post-communist countries for obvious reasons. You, you know, the in liberal democracies, uh, the political sphere should really be separate from uh, the, the social sphere. You, you know, if you have. Um, mm football commentators talking making partisan points at half time in a in a, in a big match like the world cup final or if you have also i i found uh recent london fire new year new year london firework displays quite troubling um you, you know um with the brexit sorry the pro eu fireworks i think in 2018 was yeah. it um i i campaigned for remain by the way so so it's not a uh, a partisan gripe, uh, or, or you, you had um, uh, yeah, pro-Ukrainian or, or, or pro-LGBT um, fireworks at the last display. I, I just don't think that um, that uh, public, um, yeah, you know, that, that, that sort of non-political sphere should be so politicised. Of course, you, you know, there's disagreement to be had. I often talk about this with people not only you know in some of the areas are very grey but I, I think um generally uh, it, it it really threatens liberal democracy for for the reason that um for liberal democracy to work there there has to be a basic degree of civility and in a context like the united states for example um uh, mm. it's it getting to the point where the different groups of voters can't stand each other, you know, you know and to, to the extent that uh, many of them are just unwilling to accept uh, election results that don't, don't go their way, and it, that, that's historically a big threat to liberal democracy. And yeah, and it, it's, it's really troubling to see it extending throughout society. I was in um, John Lewis uh, a few weeks ago with my daughter, and I was looking at some of the, the children's books there, uh, and and there was a se- selection from um, J.K. Rowling and Gary Lineker and someone else, Dave, David Walliams, perhaps. And I said, oh, my, oh, gosh, I know the political views of all these people, um, you, you know, and... Um, and mm. and it really, really colours your 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 your, your view, you, you know. Um, and you you think, oh, I'm not um, I'm not reading that book, you, you know. I don't, I don't like what someone's post on social media. I don't think that's healthy, um, you know. And generally, if you go to a branch of of Waterstones to the children's section, um, I I know Ben yeah. is, uh, has has got a young uh, yeah, yeah. as well. It you know it it can be. Um, Fair, fairly politicised. You, you just think, you, you know, I, I don't like it. I, I, I think it's ultimately corrosive. And I mean, I think that's 
spot on, Thomas. I've seen that as well. Two other two other examples that struck struck me as you spoke were uh, the police forces and things what what they say is political and what they say is not political. So, for example, LGBT rights and and participation in parades and things like that. They, they the police forces seem to say, well, that's not a political issue. That's just right and wrong. And the same is the workplace, where signing up to um, some of the woke ideology, some of the some of the, the the BLM pronouns, whatever it may be. Again, that's not deemed political. Where when I started in work, you would you would never ever consider that to be a reasonable thing to bring into work. Maybe bring it to drinks after work, but you certainly wouldn't. Um, bring it to work or even impose it on other employees and that those two examples seem as well to be this encroachment uh, of of politics into into everything i mean I, I don't know is that is that is that still low liberalism that we're talking about yeah, no no certainly of, of, of course you, you know there, there are several uh, overlapping trends here um and I, I, you know but because particularly in the united states for example um, conservatives are, are, are doing it as well. You, you know, if you, if you go back to the 1990s uh, in the United States, where, where you had um, uh, yeah, Christians um, who were, you know, essentially doing a very similar thing in, in southern states, particularly um, where, where there, there was a sort of a gradual. Um, it's sort of religious influences on, on, on workplaces and schools, um, and I, I think it's it's a similar issue. Um, mm. uh, where I, I just don't think, think it's positive. Now, of course, you, you know there, there are grey areas. Um, with uh, yes, someone might turn around and say, "Well, um, the, the, the coronation was a political act." Um, of course, it, 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 it was if you have a certain definition of politics. But but I think it, it's really different. But because you, you know King Charles is our head of state and everything. Um, uh, yeah, uh, whereas uh, you know, and with with Ukraine, um, there are certain certain people who tell me, um, well, actually, you know, the, the vast majority of people um, support the the war in Ukraine, so it's it's not really a a, a partisan issue, um, and, and I've got certain time for that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I quite agree, but but I think where where um, th- this trend is is egregious is where you have Gary Neffer um, slagging off the, the Conservative government, or where you have um, pro EU fireworks uh, at, at, mm. at the, the, the right in the middle of the Brexit debate. That that's clearly in, in, indefensible. I think. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and this is it. Seems to me that that. You've hit the nail on the head here in describing how, if you're of this um, low liberal tradition, it seems to me that you're basically coming at these questions from a view where the ends justify the means, that there is this social justice project that should animate everybody in society, that that should permeate every institution, be it civil service or the universities or whatever. And that the original purpose of these institutions um, is now become almost subordinate to the demands of progressing social justice. Um, uh, so, it, it, would it be a fair characterization to say that l- for low liberals, the ends basically 
justify the means that if the end result is social justice it doesn't really matter if the civil service stops being politically neutral or if something as innocuous as a firework display becomes an overtly partisan event yeah i i think that's it i think think we do have to be careful but because i don't think this is necessarily specific to uh to 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 liberals or left-wingers you know going back to the example of um of very religious societies, like like in the south of the of the US, it, it's exactly the same trend where where a majority of the people hold values quite strongly, they they try and impose them, and I, I think what people have difficulty doing is 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 really seeing um, is, is really acknowledging the the limits of of their their their, their own worldview or ideology or what, what, whatever. It's quite difficult to do, you, you know, as as a as humans, um, we are we we're sort of biological, so sort of partisans and biologically tribal. You know, it's um, it's a sort of a, a result of, of evolution. But um, in in liberal democracies, the, the whole point of these systems is is that they're meant to be um, a, a sort of separation um, between uh, the, the the political and the social and. Uh, and 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 yeah, and and I think uh, get, getting getting back to the point as well about uh, the, the civil service, with, with, which I think you mentioned. Um, I, I was really a, a very good example was um, the the civil servant a few years ago who tweeted um, criticism, uh, very 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 aggressive criticism of of, of the government. Uh, from the, the the civil service account, and you know there, there was widespread support for that uh, on on Twitter, and, and it's very concerning. But, but because I think such an act is, um, you, you know, unambiguously uh, corrosive to civil service independence, um, and it, it, it's really quite troubling that, that people can't see that. You, you know, if, if you look at the political science literature, uh, that there's a there's a big big literature. That, that emphasizes that um, civil service independence uh, neutrality is is indispensable for democracy um, mm. and and once you you have an undermining of that um, it, it's generally um, I, I I think so something that's coming from the left um, or, or liberals um, in, in in recent years for, for, for reasons we've discussed um yeah but 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 yes of course it 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 really does threaten uh, li- li- liberal democracy yeah and thomas uh, how does social media play into this i was thinking when you talked about the civil service you know, I, I always go back to yes minister and yes prime minister where clearly the civil servants have always had their views but they've been uh, contained to the civil service canteen or the uh, the rooms uh, the permanent secretary's private private office and uh, it made a fantastic comedy in the 1980s but you know using that example civil servants being able to tweet things out now and twitter seeming to be um aware of folks getting their views out to to the wider audiences how do you see social media playing playing into this whole phenomenon and either causing it or helping it to propagate or whatever it might be uh, yeah of, of course the, the social media is a major driver of this because um it, it divides us into tribes and, and uh, you know and it, it it makes us more aware of political differences and uh, as, as we know it riles people up and and it, it just makes um as as more willing 
uh, to, to sort of code things in, in political terms, like, like I was talking about um, seeing those, those books um, in, in the children's book section. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, um, or I, I would have been far less aware of, of the political views of these figures if we didn't have social media. Um, and, and, yeah, and it, it, it's just um, a sort of a process where um, it, uh, tribal extensions and ideological extensions have, have really extended, as I was saying, um, traditionally in liberal democracies. Most people don't think ideologically. Um, mm. Most voters, okay, they, they may have party preferences, but they, they don't think in these sort of very organised ideological terms. And what, what social media has helped do is sort of um, e- extend ideological conflict, make people um, more it's a sort of educate users in a certain form of ideology, you, you know, for conservatives and liberals, of, of, of course. Um, and and yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it 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 it's really concerning. I, I think as well, um, an important point that that we have to make about low liberalism is that a lot of the people involved in this um, might not have been interested in politics um, ten years ago. Um, you you ha- if if you look at the, the follow back pro European hashtag, there, there's a lot of people. In, involved um, in that movement, a couple of the big accounts. Um, I, I forget some of the names now, but it, it, it's quite evident that um, they, they didn't weren't interested in politics ten years ago, and they, so, so they they brought a kind of a naivety, and they they were edified on social media. Um, you know, you know, for various reasons, that, that that's very dangerous. Good, you know, I think the. Is is it the main? What, what is it? Supertansky. Um, I'm. I'm. Is is one of the um, main um, FBPE um, sort of low liberal accounts, and and, and she um, came out as as a, a a believer in the 9/11 truth movement. You, you know, and it's it, it's just um, mm. you know tradition. You know, it it's just. Um, it's it, it, it really extremely curious. Um, it, it makes well, there was a concern, wasn't there, Thomas? I, I can't remember whether whether it was the beginning of the 2000s, but it seemed to be during the New Labour time, after the landslide that Tony Blair got, there was a concern. The young people are just not engaging with politics. Yes, well, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. What, what, why would they? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, in a post-political I, I remember, era. I remember being an undergrad and thinking, wouldn't it be great if um, if, if people were more, more interested in politics? Mm. And, uh, you, you know, and, and obviously uh, people have become more interested in politics, but but it's um, it, it turned out quite quite differently. Um, yeah, you know, and of course uh, there, there are many important causes. Uh, that, that that have got more attention, you, you know, I, like, like climate change or um, or global poverty, that, 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 or various other inequalities that have got more attention. But but you know, a byproduct of this uh, is is the very crude um, ideological thinking that, that that I think is ultimately corrosive to liberal democracy. Um, I, I think that that in liberal democracies, um, voters 
need a, a sort of a um, a minimal level of ideological and partisan awareness. If if you don't have that as a as a threat to the system as a, as, as there is in certain developing countries, but but if you have a um a a, a, a situation as in as in our democracies where where. Um, it, it's so divided, and, and people are really animated by these very crude um, partisan divisions. Um, it, you know, equally, there's a threat. I think there's a happy medium to be had that maybe we had about forty or fifty years ago in this country. Yeah, yeah. I just want to come back to this this theme that you've identified. Of um, I'll, I'll quote you. In fact, the inability to understand the limit or the limits of politics, um, and we, we've spoken. Uh, some length now about um the civil service being a, a good example um of where that that uh political secularism you might call it has has collapsed so we have a situation where these traditional institutions um are being undermined or their political neutrality and their purpose is being undermined we have this um rampant polarization of politics including low liberalism on the left and equivalent forces on the right. What situation, um, the type of situation we encounter quite frequently at the Free Speech Union are circumstances where somebody is working in, say, the NHS or they're a civil servant or a teacher. They expect a certain amount of political neutrality in their workplace. As as Tom was saying, they don't expect to bring their personal political views into work. Um, If you work in a situation where it's traditionally accepted that, that, for instance, you shouldn't be passing on your political views to um, pupils in your class, for instance. Um, But people are now in in these institutions which are under attack, where the, the, the neutrality and the political sectorism is collapsing, low liberalism is, is running amok, there's, there's this sort of woke capture or assimilation of these institutions. And we very frequently deal with cases where people are dissenting from this, often in very mild ways, um, and then are facing an, an employment tribunal battle because they've been dismissed, or there's some other horrendous situation where they are, um, they're just trying to dissent in, in a pretty mild way. Do you, think, do you think that's an inevitable consequence of low liberalism? Because it, it seems to me that the, the diagnosis you've come up with, which I, I buy completely, I think, it's a, I think low liberalism is a brilliant coinage, um, and it does seem to me an inevitable implication of low liberalism that, that it that it will behave in an authoritarian way. Yeah, I, I think the very interesting way to look at this is um, one of the main predictors of, of liberal political beliefs is education. Um, for, for various reasons, there, there are debates on this, but but more educated people are, are tend to be more liberal. Now, of course, uh, you you've got to have a degree. Um, to, to get into the civil service or, or, or to be a teacher and whatever. And it means that inevitably um, in uh, the u- universities and, and, and schools in the, in, in the BBC or whatever, um, you, you will have more people with um, liberal political positions. So, so, and I, I, I think it's, it's really a very, very difficult problem but, but, but because um, it, it, it means that, that in the, those contexts there, there will be some pressure put upon people with, with conservative beliefs um, and, and how you... Um, 
how you uh, resolve that that issue. It's a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? But because um, of, of the, the conveyor belt, if you, you like, you know, you've got to have an education to work in such institutions. Um, of course, you, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you know, for example, that that um, universities or or, or, or the BBC are always and, and invariably biased against conservatives, uh, but, but because there are, you know, there are lots of people who are professional, there are different safeguards and traditions. But I, I think the direction of travel is unmistakable, you know, when it, 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 you do hear of, um, of, of cases uh, in, in, in universities and, and, and schools or whatever of people who don't quite go with um, prevailing beliefs can, can find it quite difficult. We said at the outset that we'd set the economic argument or economic liberalism to one side. Um, without wanting to direct it down too much of a cul-de-sac, is there an economic dimension to this as well? Because it, it, it seems to me plausible that for um, the younger generation, my generation of people who were very unlikely to amass the material wealth that our parents' generation had, that clinging on to these elite, low liberal views um, is almost like a, a status signifier. Um, it, it's a way of of um, presenting yourself in a quasi-elite fashion. It's, it's like knowing which knife and fork to use by putting FBPE in your Twitter handle or espousing the views of elite liberals that you see on social media. Um, is there an economic dimension to explaining why low liberalism has come about? Uh, yeah, I, I think you, you definitely is a short answer. I, I think, think you've got to be very careful um, with, with the various concepts. Um, what one issue I had with with the Matt, Matt Goodwin book is that that, that it didn't. Um, it could have been more concept, conceptually clear. Um, but but I think let, let's look at um, social justice attitudes, for, for example, that, that I said were an important part of uh, low, low liberalism. Um, I, I've been doing some analysis for a project. Um, I, I was looking at um, American data, and, and one of the things you, you find is that um, belief that, that economic conditions are bad uh, is is a very strong predictor of of social justice attitude. So, so yes, the economy is um, is is a, is a very important driving force. I, I I'm not making that claim for the sort of the whole of um, the, the the whole of low liberalism or the the, the whole of the, the, the left liberal political spectrum. But but certainly there there are some um, attitudes. Um, I I think. Um, anti-free speech attitudes among um, progressives are, are associated with that um, also belief in gender self-identification is, is, is related to that so, so yes, the, the economy um, is, is, is a very important influence I think as, as well you, you have to but because um, you, the, there are elements of uh, the, 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 this um, of of the, the, the this debate uh, that, that that converge with 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 the with the Rob Henderson um, um, theory of luxury beliefs uh, that, that 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 I think you 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 just mentioned and um, and and really uh, you you've got to be careful but because I I think low liberalism I'd, I'd say it's defining quality that it it's a non elite version of of liberalism. Yeah. 
uh, but, but but of course at the same time it it's got um a, a sort of a popularity among um, middle classes as, as opposed to to working classes. So, so, so there are, are several trends here. Um, so, so, so yeah, that, that's a long-winded way of, of saying yes that, that there is a and there, there is a relationship with, with the economy and there is a relationship with status. But but I, I think you've you've really got to be very careful. Um, as as I was saying, I'm. With a concept like the like the new elite, uh, when I read Matt's book, I found myself you know saying, okay, let let's break it down a bit bit more. Thinking, we, we've thought a little bit, Thomas, about the the consequences of of low liberalism. We've talked about it for the individuals that we help on the case team, uh, ben, that Ben helps on the case team. But I also think it it's quite catastrophic for. Um, uh, other parts of our society. I mean, there was for, for our professions, for example, and the basis upon which our professions exist. I know that you've also written about this, about um, the letter that the hundred barristers sent in, saying we will not defend um, or go in to fight for companies that are supporting new fossil fuels projects. And we see the same with barristers refusing to prosecute uh, protesters. So this sort of taxi rank idea of you get whichever barrister is next on the list and whatever you you've done whatever the situation is you will get legal representation that very sacred principle of what it means to be a barrister and what it means to 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 be in that whole profession is is at stake here and then you kind of transfer that into other professions like the medical profession or you know other i refuse to treat anyone who, who denies the climate it all gets quite catastrophic quite quickly i don't know what your thoughts are around that Thomas. Yeah, uh, Jolyon Morgan is an interesting figure, but because uh, he's he's obviously an elite figure, you know, you know and he's a you know, an intelligent, educated guy. Um, but but I would mm. say that that he's also a sort of an entrepreneur or agent for low liberalism. Uh, but, but because he he says he's very popular uh, among uh, people who um, who have the, these kind of views. You know, and and obviously within his profession, which is um, historically one of the archetypal elite um, liberal or high liberal professions, uh, he's a very unpopular figure for 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 the reasons you mentioned, where where you have. Um, the um, it's, it's, it's a sort of use of activism, I, I, as, as you were saying, the the undermining of the Caprank rule, where you, where where you, um, where equal access to the law is given to all. I, I, I thought that, that that was very worrying, and I know that many um, lawyers are also very worried about that. It's sort of the the, the erosion of um, liberal democratic um, notions of of equality and professionalism, uh, and and. In, as you were talking, I was also thinking about um, an, an example in Poland about 10 years ago where um, a, a group of doctors said we're not performing abortions. Um, now, that, that's at from um, the, the opposite end of, of the spectrum, but it's exactly the same thing. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, it's part of the same trend. Um, and I'd say the main difference is is that in a society like Poland, at least ten years ago, you, you had a Catholic majority, uh, whereas now we we, we have um, in in Western societies liberal majorities, and there's a there, there, there's an equivalent pressure on on liberal dem- democratic procedures. It's almost like those those um, uh, sacred 
principles. I, I went came into work as an actor in 1996, and that sense of professional detachment of it doesn't matter who the person is. Obviously, we were looking at groups of people, looking at pension schemes and things like that. But if you're a medic or, or, or a lawyer, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter who you're looking at what, or what the situation is, whether it's the Hippocratic Oath, that overrides everything. You, you are detached from the thoughts and beliefs of that person and you do what you need to do and that 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 seems to be at risk now yeah yes of course yeah you know and it, it, as i was saying it, it's just it's not it it's it just um re- reflects uh the the majority status of, of, of certain beliefs it's not not it doesn't necessarily indict liberalism or conservatism. It, 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 that's just the, the way it is. You know, historically, liberal democracies are, are compromises. Some might say they're historical incidents. There's an argument that um, they, they originated in, in people being tired out of fighting over over, over religion in the 17th century. Um, so, you know, one might see them as historic compromises, but one one side gets much more power than the other side uh, the, the basis of, of the compromises undermine so uh yeah. yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on that point about the asymmetric power what do you think are the potential long-term or even medium-term implications for freedom of speech um i, I as, as you know i i am worried about freedom of speech in uh, in, in Western countries, and, and of course, um, there, there are undoubtedly threats from the right. Uh, you, you know, there, there was talk um, uh, about um, certain speakers not being invited, but, but because um, they uh, had criticised the government on Twitter. But, but I think primarily, I, I would say. Um, the, the, the threat comes from uh, the left liberals for, for, for the reasons I've, I've just identified, uh, because um, because um, it, it, it increasingly um, liberal beliefs are held by majorities in society at large, and particularly in uh, social cultural sectors like like the, like the media and um, in, in universities uh, it it's just um, yeah, yeah, you know it, 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 it means that if, if, if you dissent in um, in such institutions it's, it's very difficult and I, I think one um, one aspect of, of freedom of speech that people don't talk about enough is um, the, the atmosphere surrounding freedom of speech. Um, if, if you know, in, in in on liberty, John Mills on liberty, uh, there, there's quite a lot of discussion about the need to have liberal atmospheres in which, in which people, everyone is um, is you know feels able to, to say what they think, and I, I I think simply because you have a situation in in, in which uh, beliefs like um, I, I don't know remaining in the European Union have got such widespread support. People who disagree don't feel comfortable. Um, so, 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 yeah. I, I, I would say uh, that, that that freedom of, of speech it's um, it's uh, primarily threatened from from left liberals or low liberals or whatever these days. And I, I think that's consistent uh with, with the experience of of the, of the free speech union uh, you, you know um i i i know that the the, the free speech union it, it's a neutral organization of course but but you know much of the impetus and support for it 
um, has come from the political right, and I, I, I think that's inevitable because of the, the, the numerical position of conservatives in, um, in, in certain institutions in, in society at large. And well, one thing, just picking up on that um, environment for free speech, we've got, a, and I don't think I'm giving anything away, but we've got a survey open right now about cancel culture amongst our uh, free speech union members. And we've asked people, have they been involved in being cancelled or know someone who has? And I think I missed a trick by not actually asking a specific question around the level of self-censorship, because that's coming out of the comments that I haven't been cancelled. Uh, it hasn't happened to someone I know. However, I really, really am much more careful than I might have been five or 10 or 15 years ago around what I say, what I can't say, even though I still believe the same things. I'm, and and I, I, miss, I think I might have missed a trick in not asking that explicitly, but it's coming out of the comments, which really resonates with what you just said there, Thomas. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's, um, there, there's lots of survey data, particularly on, uh, in, in the US on, on that, and it shows... Um the levels of self-censorship in, in universities, for example, among conservative students are significantly higher than among liberal students. Yeah, yeah. I was just doing some uh, some quick Googling, so I, I couldn't quite remember what the figure was off the top of my head, but um, polling from, uh, I think it was 2020, said that more than a quarter of students self-censor. Um, so there, as you say, there's a, there's a body of evidence about about how wide this problem of self censorship is, um, and it seems to be completely tied up with um, your concept, your coinage of low liberalism. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it, it's of course you, you know um, the, these are very general trends, and I don't doubt that, that there are threats to freedom of speech from the the right. I'm sure you you see such cases yeah. in, in the free speech union, but but I, I think. It, it's fair to say um, that the, the direction of travel um, is mainly going in one way. Um, not, uh, you know, as I've emphasised, not because um, the, 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 the left is, is bad or liberals are bad. You, you know, um, historically, liberalism is, is associated with, with openness. Liberals are more psychologically open than conservatives. But, but you have a situation where liberals have the uh, n- numerical advantage. You know, it, it just means that um, they're, they're putting pressure on opponents. Thomas, I've, I've really enjoyed that um, conversation around low liberalism, and and uh, certainly there's left me with a lot to think about, especially how I might connect that with you mentioned, you know, Matt Goodwin's book and, and things like that. For me, I'm always looking to see how I connect these ideas with the other ideas that are already out there. But is there, is there anything you would want to add that we haven't covered, or any anything additional um, that you would say about this whole topic? Um, I, I just think, as, as I was saying, you, you have to be very careful w- w- with the concept you use, but because obviously um, y- there are lots of ideas out, like Matt, Matt Goodwin's idea of a new elite and lo- Rob Henderson's luxury beliefs, and uh, and el- elements of the of these are, are contradictory. You, you know, I've, I've just been saying how liberal, how, how there's a new development of low liberalism. Well, well, well that um, y- you know potentially conflicts with luxury beliefs or the, the elite. Um, so, so, so there are lots of, of currents out there, and I, and I think they, they can all coexist, but, but we, we've really got to be very um, careful about what, what, what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. 
Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast, of course, and also to Dr. Thomas Prosser's Substack account, which is called The Path Not Taken, which is a brilliant read every time, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs>